Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, October 9th, 2020, episode number 155. I can't believe the year's almost over already. We're still racing, though. It is. Yeah, and this this week's kind of nuts, man. You're actually uh, already in Charlotte, right? Yeah, I came out here early, hanging out with Ricky Rackman, and uh, just been having some fun. Uh, had some dinner with Kristen B. once earlier this week, went and saw Lancasters, which you kind of told me to go check out a whole bunch of NASCAR memorabilia there, and uh, just uh, having, having some fun. Hopefully, I'll stick around and see the NASCAR race on Sunday also, if uh, if, if they get it in. It's supposed to be raining on Sunday, so we'll have to see, but uh, they're going to race in the rain because it's a road course, so that'd be kind of interesting, too. So, uh, it's been a cool week. I'm uh, having some fun, and... I decided to do that a little bit more this year than ever before. Yeah, thinking about moving to Charlotte, man, it's not a bad place to be, right? Dude, I love Charlotte, and right here on Lake Norman, it's pretty dang cool, but I, I'd have to get a couple more jobs so I could pay the pay the bills, you know? Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely, I'm a little partial because, you know, I'm from the area, of course, but uh, right, a little right. bummed that I can't be there this weekend. I'll be flying out to Paula tomorrow morning, actually, uh, for the finale of the motocross. Uh I'd much rather be in the Queen City with you guys this weekend doing some AFT, but got to put a button on this uh, 2020 season for outdoor motocross and uh, maybe see you at the finale next weekend. Yeah, that would be cool. I hope you get to come down to Daytona. Um, there's there's some a very limited number of tickets here at Charlotte, so hopefully it's a little bit different next weekend in, in Daytona. But uh, like 960 seats are, are tickets are what they're selling each day at the Charlotte Half Mile. So I think it'll be a little bit different next weekend. Uh, Charlotte's going to look like a ghost town, like. Uh, you know, that place holds like 14,000, so it's going to look completely empty. But uh, a few people are good to get to come out and watch. Uh, before we get into that, man, we got to talk about some new patrons. Uh, since last week's episode, man, we've gotten three new patrons. Three new patrons, dude. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. We appreciate it more than more than words can describe. Cause it's so cool that dude. people are, are supporting our little podcast to, to talk about flat track and, and spread our joy and knowledge about the sport that we both love 100 percent, cool. 100%. now one of these uh patrons uh wishes to remain anonymous so uh, so your wish will be granted but thank you very much uh the other the other two that joined mr jeff hickman uh is on as a patron so thanks jeff appreciate you coming on and uh last but certainly not least we have tyler Sargent. thanks so much for you guys for for stepping up and being a part of our podcast and, and supporting us we really appreciate it six deep man we got six patrons on board and uh in a couple weeks and uh we're just trying to figure out this thing out and uh and make it make it what we want it to be um but it will be amazing uh when we're done with it and everybody that's on board and jumping on early trust me you will not regret it that's so cool again we appreciate it let's talk a little bit about uh last weekend in atlanta dude, some of the best racing we've had this season dude. dude the best best racing we've had on the half mile by far for sure man it's it's it was insane to watch both nights um the racing was great dude like and, and i cannot complain at all i i've been like you know talking about the same people winning over and over we got had a few new winners uh we saw some amazing racing dude uh from the front of the pack and even in the back of the pack that we didn't see on camera that much i saw um a lot of people a couple of people dicing it up in the back of the pack too there's a little bit of surprise too going on like henry wiles mikey rush and, and intervention were all collected in a, in a pile up so they didn't make it to the main event that's Kind of what happens when you only have one chance to qualify so uh that put in some new players into the main event yeah brandon kitchen working his way towards the front of the singles class morgan missler looked so strong especially the second night i thought he's going to beat dallas dallas found a way around him on the, the last lap to take the win but uh, morgan missler uh you know solid second place finishes and then that super twins race you know uh both nights actually you know uh 
man, it was just a lot of fun. And to see Brandon Price holding off Meese for as many laps as he did and then watching Meese bounce off the back straightaway while all the sparks were flying, uh, man, it was it was a dogfight. And that's Meese just does not want to uh, – he doesn't want to run number nine next year. He wants the championship this year. He absolutely does, man. But it may be too, too little, too late. Well, we got four events. It's it's definitely not completely out of touch, but it's, uh, it's getting pretty far. I mean, Breyer's still finishing up t- top of the pack. Uh, even though he wasn't, you know, racing for the win on on Saturday, uh, he he didn't lose that many points. You know, uh, still finishing top ten. Yeah, it's gonna be really close. I mean, the the, the points advantage right now for Briar is only twelve. So if 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 Briar has one bad race, Meese can take over the point lead. But at the same point, you know, same token, if Meese has a bad race, then Briar stretch out the points. So that one's gonna come down to the wire. I think Dallas Daniels will lock up the championship on Friday night here in Charlotte. He if he wins, he's got it. If he finishes uh, a few spots ahead of uh, the, you know, Wiles and and uh, Max Whale, who are tied for second, he'll lock the championship up on Friday night. Uh, if not, we go on to Saturday night. There is a little bit of concern in that hurricane coming through. We may not race Saturday night, so we're going to keep our eyes on the weather. Uh, if that happens, then whoever has a 50-point advantage after this weekend will be locked in as a champion. So uh, we could lock up the, the two championships in the Production Twins and the AT Singles Class. The Super Twins, I think it's going to go all the way down to the final race down there at the Daytona Short Track. You think so? That'll be interesting, man. Yeah, Mies has definitely got a little bit more momentum coming out of Atlanta with the racing that he uh, he did down there. He must have heard uh, the podcast from last week and uh, heard me say that uh, that he's out of it. So uh, he got fired up and yep. got back on on yep. top of the box. So, uh, no, super cool, man. And this weekend is, is looking like it might not be much different, man. Uh, same kind of track, uh, same kind of dirt, right? Fast, half mile, you know, high banked, red you know clay uh so it's it's a it's a fast track so i'm expecting the same same runners up front as we had last week in atlanta i know Atlanta's technically a short track but it's a big short track so i'm expecting the same players to be in the front uh you want to drop some hollywood nuggets while we're talking about charlotte dude throw me some nuggets okay so the aft flat track series has been here six times before back in 2000 mike hacker took the win 2001 it was winkin will davis 2002 was Kevin Barnes. So Ryan Barnes is racing this weekend, so his dad's won here. So I know Barnes is going to want to win. Let's look at some more current races we had here. 2015, Brian Smith was your winner. Poolbeth was second. Sammy Halbert was third. So those three have all been on the podium a lot. 2016, Meese took the win. Robinson second. Poolbeth was third. And then 2017, the last time we were here, Brian Smith won on an Indian. Meese was second. Sammy Halbert was third. So the same front runners, you know, take Coolbeth out of the mix. You might throw in Breyer. And uh, we'll see how that goes. So we've been here six times before. Smith has won two times, 2015 and 2017, on a Kawasaki and on an Indian. Can he win on a Harley? We'll have to wait and see. Do you think he can? Nope. <laughs> he can, just if there's no other Indian Indians on the track, right? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> I mean, crazier things have yeah. happened, dude. It's 2020. We might start one of these races with no Indians. I wouldn't be surprised. You never know, and we might start with uh, you know three factory Harleys, and they might find something and be up front. Let's wait and see. That's why we race every week. Absolutely. Speaking of crazy times, this week has been kind of nuts, man. I didn't get back from Colorado until what, like Wednesday? Uh, and what, what? 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 Dude, did you miss your airplane? I mean, no, why dude. You sometimes you just home? gotta. Sometimes you just gotta take in. You know this, man. I like to take in a little bit of the city happened to be one of my, one of my best friends happens to live in Colorado. So I, I spent a day or two hanging out on the, on the back end of uh, okay. last week's uh, 
And just, well, you didn't even tell us about it last week on the podcast. So I didn't know where you were at. I didn't dude, know the connection. We didn't get to record saw, before I left for Charlotte. You saw where I, I was where last week, dude. Like, I'm amazed that I even got our podcast out last week. And the only reason I did is because I did it early in the week. And, you know, I was sick as a dog last week. Not COVID. Not COVID. But I was sick as a dog. <laughs> and I, I was so bummed because I didn't even think I was going to make it out. But I, I started feeling well just before uh, my flight. Um, so I, I took it uh, and we went to Colorado. Had a great time out in Colorado, man. We went, obviously, saw you know Thunder Valley there. Uh, amazing track on the side of the mountain, um, in between the mountain and the highway. Awesome setting for, for a motocross race. And then, man, just took in Colorado, dude. I'm, I hadn't really spent any time there. Um, just kind of flown in and flown out for a race. Uh, took a couple days and uh, took in some Colorado. It was beautiful, dude. And I would I could live there. I could live there. Yeah, I, I love Denver. Denver is so cool. I'm just yeah. not a fan of the winter time. So if I could live there in the summer... Uh, that'd be cool, but I, I just, I'm not a fan of all that snow. So Denver's yeah. like a, a second home to me. I actually lived there when I was a kid for about a, a whole year. Mom's, almost the entire side of my mom's family lives out there in the Denver area. My mom lives in Loveland, Colorado now. So nice. uh, a lot of my family's out there. I love going out to visit. It's not in the wintertime. 100%, man. That's exactly how I feel. I, I do not do cold weather well, which is why I live in Florida. Um, so I'm happy to be back here, happy to be down uh, at a lower uh, altitude um, <laughs> and uh, back home <laughs> getting some uh, getting some flat track content made. Yeah, I got a tank slapping podcast that I that I didn't get out last week. Sorry, Corey. Um, but we're going to get it out this week. Um, and uh, and we're going to be uh, heading towards the end of the season here, man. Uh, so with all that said, all that craziness, um, we had to try to figure out a way to get an episode uh, done this week. And uh, you came up with a pretty creative idea, which I absolutely love. You're you're there in Charlotte. Um, and, right. And there's a lot of people that live there. So you and who are you staying with there in Charlotte? I'm actually staying with uh, one of our uh, co-announcers. So I'm staying with Ricky Rackman. And uh, Ricky was kind enough to invite me out a, a couple days early. Staying with him, uh, having some fun. We actually uh, hung out with Kristen Beat earlier. So, but the, the point of Ricky Rackman, he has two podcasts that he does. Yeah. And so he's got a studio set up. So I was like, hey, man, you got 15, 20, 30 minutes to talk to Off the Groove. And he was so excited to do it because not a lot of people in the flat track really know his background and, and how he got involved in motorcycles. And, you know, we've seen him on MTV, we've seen him on, you know, some other reality shows, but nobody knows his background truly because when i you know introduce him at, at flat track and american flat track races i get like one or two sentences yeah. so it's cool to, to talk to him and uh, just to get to know him a little bit and i thought we'd have him on the podcast so you guys can learn more about the man hell of an idea man i love it like i've seen him uh, obviously on mtv back in the day uh I, I during my time at nascar i'd always seen him out the races um always wondering what he was doing out there but uh but really interested to hear uh you know how he got tied to motorcycles and uh his passion for the sport let's hear him We are live in the Cat House South Studios in Race City, USA. I'm sitting next to a legend. You guys have heard this guy doing opening ceremonies and doing podium interviews. And I was lucky enough to be invited to the house. And then beyond the house, we're in the South Studio, the Cat House South Studios in Race City, USA. Ricky Rackman. Ricky, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. 
it's so awkward to do this is the studio where i do my radio show and where i do my podcast and now i'm doing a show from this studio but i'm the guest it, it is different you know it's like i've i've done some tv where i was the color commentator but i'm used to being the play-by-play guy it's like you take one hat off and put a different hat on so it, it's very different for sure uh we just had lunch with another celebrity and uh, went to a really cool restaurant uh, lancaster's not too far down the road and then you did the podcast with uh charles, charles robinson if you if any of you watch professional wrestling he is one of the more recognizable referees in professional wrestling. He's that blonde haired guy, and he's been a friend of mine, and he just did my podcast, The Triple R, just because on that podcast, I have any type of guests. I mean, we had the Burt Reynolds interview. We've done guys with Megadeth, and then I just had a professional wrestling referee, so it's just kind of fun stuff. And he just one of your friends from right around the neighborhood. Yeah, I don't have very many friends out in North. I don't have very many friends in North Carolina, so yeah, he's he's friend in the neighborhood. Well, I don't know how much time you got, so let's let's kind of start at the beginning. Where were you born at? Most people think that I was born in Hollywood, but the truth is, I was born in New York City, and then moved to L.A. at a very young age. So some people like I'll go to New York, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, where are you from, Hollywood?" And I'll say, "Well, I was born in New York." Oh yeah, we could tell. I'm like, how could you tell that I was born in New York? I lived in New York for just a very, very short time. But there is something, even though I'm from Hollywood, there is times that I'm in New York that I'm in the streets at night and walking around, and I do feel kind of at home. But I, it's just the way it is. I don't think living in New York City for the first year of my life makes me a New Yorker by any means. Right on. So how, you know, you, you do Ricky's ride year after year, raise money for several different charities. It's all about the charities for you. But how did you first get into motorcycles? When I was a kid, um, I was not allowed to have a motorcycle. I was not allowed to ride mini bikes. There were friends of mine that all had mini bikes and I was always like, Mom, I want I want a mini bike, and her answer was always like, "I don't believe in mini bikes." It was I always I don't believe in things. It was like, you know, how come we don't get to eat sugar cereal? I don't believe in sugar cereal. So you know, as soon as I got money, I used to work in a skateboard park. As soon as I made enough money, I bought a moped, which was if you don't know what a moped is. Imagine the slowest mini bike, but with pedals too, you know, <laughs> so it might look cool for a second, but at every stop, you have to pedal just to get going. Just to get going. Yeah. But it, to me, it was awesome. It was two wheels, you know, and then for a while before I had a car, I remember just as I was sort of like learning to ride a motorcycle, there was some guy that let me borrow his J- GPZ 550 Kawasaki. Oh, wow. yeah. So I borrowed that and I would ride all around LA and we had no helmet laws, you know, and I just would ride around that. And then in a show of true hardcore rebelliousness, me, one of my friends, Keith and Gilby Clark, who became the guitarist of Guns N' Roses, we all bought Honda Rebels, Wow. which... Each one of them has 250 cc's. If you put all three of them together, it's still not as many cc's as my current motorcycle. (laughs) But it was transportation, and I thought it was cool. And then when I opened up my club, which was the Cat House, I had started making money, and I bought a 67 Harley. And then it just went on and on and on and on. And then I I would always ride a Sturgis, which to me is like, wow, we're going to ride a Sturgis. That's like, you know, a 1,000 miles or whatever. And just to make the story as quick as I can. One day my dog died and I decided to just ride, just ride like to Utah by myself. And I was like, riding your motorcycle by yourself is kind of cool. 
every year I stood, started writing further and further. And then one year I decided... Your, your guest is making some noise for us. The, shut up, Dega. Yeah, the difference... It, we're going to keep on going with this, yeah, right? Absolutely. Okay, just to prove that usually when you listen to Scotty's podcast, that it always sounds good and crisp <laughs> and clear. And today when we're at the beautiful Cat House South studio, we have barking dogs in. We were on to such a professional studio and now we have barking dogs. Well, that's because I don't have any dogs. I don't, you have a parrot downstairs. It's like it's like my old stomping grounds. Like when I grew up, we always had in dogs. In a zoo? And we always had parrots. My, right. My family always had parrots. So, you want mine? Uh, no, I, I, I was glad to get rid of mine whenever I moved out of my parents' <laughs> we're house. Doing a, <laughs> we're doing a podcast that's got barking dogs in it and everything. That's all right. So, Carter, Carter's not going to so like that. you were saying. So I started riding long distance. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to try to raise money for this. And I said, okay, I'm going to ride. And I thought this was really, really far. I'm going to ride 8,000 miles. And I started raising money for charities. And then I found out that I could ride. And I would pay for everything on the ride. And I would let people on social media tell me places to go. Like, dude, you got to go here for the best biscuit. Or you got to go this place. This is where, you know, the Rolling Stones played when they first came to America. Or you got to go to this place. So I would go to all these crazy random places and put on video and have more and more fun. To the point of in... um, I did one lap around America on a motorcycle by myself. I've ridden coast to coast 14 times, four countries. And then in 2018, I rode, I rode 12,000 miles and raised $32,150 for Stop Soldier Suicide. Wow. And I give all that money right to the charity. And, right. then, and then this year, I decided to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. And, and my girlfriend, Leah Vendetta, rides on the back with me. And we just had the best time. Matter of fact, we're riding to Daytona for the season finale of American Flat Track. And then how much further do you have left? You want to get 10,000 miles. This year I this wanted year. to get 10,000. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get it easy. I'll get I'll get it by the time I get to Daytona. Okay, cool. And now the Gerbing sent me some heating gear. I'll make it 12,000. I mean, I just, you know, the, the situation and and you know Scotty as well as I do. It changed everything with COVID, including riding and doing personal appearances and stuff like that. Everything is different now. So that's why I decided said I wanted to race I wanted to ride 10,000 miles. And raise twenty thousand dollars for the Alzheimer's Association, and people can still donate and Please, support you, right? Go to rickysride.com, R-I-K-I-S-R-I-D-E.com, rickysride.com, and maybe I'll be riding through your town. And I, I love meeting people on the ride. I, I know do, you've, do, you've do, stopped do, in Oklahoma City a few times. Dirty Nick, I, a Dirty huge Nick is, supporter of yours, Indian of Dirty Oklahoma Nick, City. The, they love you. The Indian Motorcycle Group in Oklahoma City is really. I do ride in India now, and have for a couple of years now. And and Dirty Nick. Um, I met on the ride several years ago and I knew he was always a big fan of flat track and, and I was a fan of flat track as well. And we would talk about that. And then when I did the first day of work with progressive American flat track in Volusia, you know, I've worked in TV for a long time and I've always talked about things that I know. And I've always, I, I think I, I do a good job in NASCAR. I think I do a good job in rock and roll, but I was I had not done anything with American flat track yet. And even though I watched the sport from afar at Pomona and Del Mar and, you know, I was not that familiar with, uh, with Bauman's or the, or Meese or anybody, you know, I knew who Shana was. Cause I, but cause I remember, you know, going and seeing Chris Carr and, uh, Scott Parker and all those guys, that's what I would watch. We'd go to Pomona every, and I loved the sport, but didn't know as much as I did. So when I did my first day at work, you know, Nick would text me and say like, I had people from Indian texting me like, hey, relax, listen up. Because I believe, and I'm my worst critic, I think if I was a hardcore fan of American Flat Track that many people are, 
and they saw this old rocker guy up there, obviously not knowing everything about the sport, that they would be like, who the hell is this guy? You know, stop him talking. Just let Scotty or Kristen talk more. Or, or where's this guy? Or what is that? And I would have done that if I was a fan as well, because I didn't know that much. But I can tell you, and you know this too, Scotty, there is nobody that has more fun at the races than I do. I truly love this sport. And I love being in the position now that I get to learn about the sport. Not because it's my job, because I love flat track. So last weekend, uh, you, you bring that up because you're a huge fan. And I, I, I was watching you pace back and forth. You were watching turn one and two from the infield. And then you turn right around. You look at the big screen and you walk all the way down a little ways and watch three and four. That's just how the, the parents are when you go to a little mini bike race. So I was just cracking up just watching you. Dude, I had a mask on. It's good that I had a mask on because I was audibly screaming. I was like, oh, oh, oh. It's like <laughs> when I go like, you know, those people that go to concerts and sit like, yeah, impress me. The people that scream and yell. I'm one of those guys that screams and yells. And at the races, and especially like, I, like I've worked in NASCAR for probably a dozen years. I've covered other motorsports. In all of my times of motorsports, I can't think of a time I was more entertained than that singles race at Volusia. Holy crap. But I had a great time in Atlanta. And, you know, now I am a fan. If you think that I'm doing this because I don't have a job or because I'm trying to get rich, Scott will tell you, we ain't getting rich. That's right. We are all doing it. And that's Scotty, that's Kristen, and myself because we do love the sport. We believe the sport could be massive. And I am just having such a good time. And I really, really like the sport. And I believe that flat track should be much bigger as we both do. It's got, it's got potential. They're, they're making giant steps forward. We are now on national TV. They're looking to do live TV eventually. Uh, that's why there's the, the push for the, the timed races. So we know how long the races are going to last. There's some other things that they're working on and, and we've got some ideas that, that we've been sharing. So hopefully that, uh, I'm not saying that I'm the smartest person in the world, but you know, there's other things in marketing, like you have a lot of marketing background that, that hopefully they'll keep moving forward and keep progressing. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's just a lot of fun. The racing has always been so good. Wow. So good. Even, even though you would think if you told somebody, yeah, who's, who, who wins the races a lot? And you say, well, pretty much it's the same top three guys in all the classes almost every week. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of parody in who finishes second in, um, singles, but a lot of times it's the same guys, which would lend it lend you to think that oh it's kind of boring but it's not and you know what it seems that as the season winds down that before if look i love briar i love indian motorcycles okay wouldn't feel bad to see a harley on the podium also really don't mind seeing jared getting some wins right now and i like seeing other guys in there and i'll tell you you know yeah, Dallas is Dallas Daniels is definitely a superstar. We know that. Dallas Daniels is a superstar. But when I saw Morgan Mischler really giving him a run for the money, right. I was loving that because that's what I want to see. I want these guys that are on top knocked off their pedestal. And even if it's my favorite rider in the world, I still don't want him to win every race because it makes it more exciting. And then you had Brandon Price, who who held off a, a hard-charging Meese most of the main event. Somehow Meese got by him with about two laps to go last weekend. But Brandon Price, he's shown that he's the real deal, just like Robbie Pearson held off Meese the weekend before at the Devil's Bowl. So there are some new contenders as the season has gone on. But yeah, like you said, same same few people are winning the races, but you would never know that from going and watching the races. Right. Can you imagine what it would be like 
to be Brandon Price. I think that was his first lap sled. Correct. And it's not you're just not leading laps. You're leading battling with Jared Meese, who is a grinder. I mean, that guy will do whatever he can. And it wasn't like, oh, I got to race next to Jared Meese for the whole time. It's like, no, they swapped positions. Right. And, you know, I don't know how much he, how long he knew that Jared was like right on his butt, but they were going back and forth. And can you imagine what that, you know, Brandon wasn't bummed that he didn't win the race. It's like, wow, I got to race bar to bar with with Meese. And now he knows he can. Now he knows he can lead that guy. Now he knows he can lead main events. That kid's just going to get faster and faster. So I got to ask you a question. On the podium, before we threw it to you, it looked like Jared Meese and Kenny Tolbert kind of messing with you a little hmm. bit. You think? I mean, because you, okay, you, you're wearing headphones like you are right yes. now. You're, you're listening to our producer, Dwayne. You're listening to myself. You're listening to Chris and Brad. You, you're listening to... There's so, much things go, so many things going on, and... You were asking Mies a question about yes. before we threw the before you turned the microphone on. What did you ask Mies, and what were they saying? Okay, cannot confirm this yet, Scotty. Okay, but I'm pretty sure this is what happened. I think that that Kenny and Jared were up there, and I said, "Hey, you know, you hit the wall. Did anything get messed up? Not on not on the microphone. You know, I." As I, I think I'm getting a little bit better and better on the podium because I was like, that right. was out of my element. Absolutely. And now, you know, nobody tells me what to say. They don't even tell me who the guys are on the podium. I got to write it down. And and the first show, oh, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> a lot of, did I call, I think I called Henry Wiles, Ryan, Ryan Varnes. Oh, I called Wells. him Ryan Wells. Yeah, you like she had Ryan a W. Right? Okay, well, that's even, that's that I don't feel, I thought I called him Ryan Varnes for a second. I called him Ryan Wells. Mm hmm. And he has not let me forget it. Well, he won't. Yeah, of course he won't. Right. Of course he won't. I don't blame him. Right. But that's a stupid mistake. <laughs> that's a stupid mistake. But well, I did it. It's your first you know? day of school. Exactly. So I said to Jared, I said, yeah, what happened to your bike? Just because I didn't say it for the show. I said it out of curiosity. What happened to your bike? And I had a headphone in where everybody's talking about what's going on, when I'm going to go on this and this. And I think, I cannot guarantee this. I think they were just making stuff up. Probably. I'm pretty sure that Jared and Kenny were having a field day because they were going into all this great detail and pointing at the motorcycles and, and pointing at, you know, and I heard him say something about a bottle and something about this. And I'm just nodding my head. Yes, because I couldn't hear what they said. They didn't know that I actually ride motorcycles more than anybody. I mean, I ride a lot. And they were saying, yeah, this is the bottle and this and that and this and that. And I think they were just saying all this stupid stuff to test me. And I couldn't hear them. So I was like, oh, right, right, right. So they must have walked away thinking, this guy is the biggest idiot. We just told him that the, you know, air bottle had a slice in it or something, whatever they said. I thought they said the word bottle. But it took me a while after the race to sit there and think, Holy crap, were they just making stuff up? Because I didn't hear what they, if they said something like that, I would have said, you know, maybe you should be using, you know, a different octane of air in the tires. You know, I would have given it right or, back or to them. Or new muffler bearings. Right, chrome, they, you got to use chrome. Everybody knows you got to use chrome muffler bearings or, these days. Or change the blinker fluid. Blinker fluid, if the blinker fluid isn't changed, it's going to slow you down. Right. But I would have told them that. But instead I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, wow, this guy really doesn't know anything up there. And I, I wish, and it bummed me out that a, it made me happy because I don't mind somebody screwing with me, you know? And if Meese has to know, you can't, I don't know if you swear on the show or not, but you can't BS the BSer. So on one hand, it made me feel a little upset because they think I'm an idiot. On the other hand, it made me feel good because they wanted to mess with me. 
And on the other hand, it'll come back. Well, yeah, you'll, you'll have the upper hand because you have the microphone and you have the power switch. See, so if he starts talking, you don't like it. You can just flip the switch off and say the microphone broke. And we, or I didn't turn the microphone on and anybody that sees me knows like to, that, that the microphone didn't turn on is very possible. But I go. think that's what Jared did. And I think it, it bummed me because him and Kenny must think I'm a complete idiot right now, which well, I would think. We can fix that. So let's let's back up a, a, a week before. I think Sammy was kind of giving you a hard time during opening ceremonies. I'm talking to Sammy and, I, and it was uh, where was it? At Texas. Was it a Texas? No, it was, no, it was it at Atlanta. It was Atlanta, but it, it was, was Atlanta. Yeah, right. It was Friday Atlanta. Night. It yep. was Atlanta. And in 2017, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that American Flat Track did their best to exploit the race that Sammy had with Jared that, you know, Sammy ended up going down. Right. And so I brought that up and I was like, you know, looking back, 2017, was there anything going on there? And Sammy goes, uh, you weren't around in 2017. You don't remember that. And he said that on the podium. And right. I and I was like, yeah, but I watched the race. I wasn't around, but I watched that race. So Sammy and I was the one that I was the one that made, and Johnny Lewis mentioned that too yesterday, that I was the one that told Sammy, drink it from the boot up here. He's like, right. I'll do it later. I go, right. no, drink it from drink the boot up here, which ended up getting a lot of pictures for him. Right. But Sammy, I think, is it's funny because in my whole career, you know, when I was on Headbangers Ball. Dave Mustaine used to give me a really hard time. And I became the guy that everybody loved to give a hard time to, which is okay. Right. You know, if if Sammy Halbert makes fun of me, I could say, hey, little man, you know, screw you. And I could get really <laughs> pissed off about it. That's not entertaining. Right. Okay. And I don't think that Sammy is doing it in ill will. I think he's realized Ricky's somebody that I can have fun with. Absolutely. So I appreciate it, but he kind of threw me under the bus but I like Sammy. But, I mean, Sammy is a guy that followed me on Instagram that when I just did that flat track racing school, he wrote shredding the gnar or something, you know? Right. So I like him and I, I'm, I'm okay with him, but just know that as I get more comfortable, I will give it yeah, back. Start firing it back. Right. So, so you brought it up a couple times now on Tuesday of this week, as we left Atlanta, we're going to your home track this weekend, Charlotte. You went to Travelers Rest, South Carolina, the uh, Royal Enfield Moto Anatomy Slide School, uh, I've not been, but I, I know Johnny Lewis. I know the whole setup. Um, what was what was your first thoughts when you got there? First, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit older these days, quite a bit older. Um, yeah, and uh, put it this way: if I raced in the Astro Invitational, I wouldn't be the youngest one there. <laughs> okay, let's just <laughs> let's just say that. Okay. And I've always loved flat track, and I had heard that there was a flat track school. Before I even thought, even an inkling of going to AFT, I was like, you know, I've raced stock cars before. I've raced carts before. I've gone to racing schools before, um, but never went with anything on a motorcycle. And I heard there was a flat track school, and I kind of thrown it out there when the season started, like, I'd like to go to that flat track school. And then I talked about it a little bit, and Bree that works for Royal Enfield uh, mentioned like, Hey, we'll get you there. Cause they use, they use the motors of the, it's pretty much a stock motor out of the Himalayan. So they had said like, we'll get you that flat track school. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now people, I may ride 15,000 miles on a motorcycle every summer. I have purposely not stayed at a hotel because they had a gravel driveway. I didn't grow up doing motocross. I have no dirt experience whatsoever, but I really wanted to go because 
it just looks cool. When you guys go around those turns and you're sliding around the turns, I, I mean, I remember watching David Aldana on, on an East Sunday. And I remember watching those, also watching those guys sliding around the beach. And it is beautiful. It is, when I see guys sliding around turns, as much as I'm a hardcore NASCAR fan, I can't say it looks beautiful around the turns. It's poetry in motion. It is poetry in motion. I think it looks so cool. So I went to go to Traveler's Rest with no dirt experience at all. And I went and took lessons on how to, you know, slide around the corner. And and by no means was I sliding around the turns. But um, I, I did it. And because I went in there with an em- empty, you know, palette nothing to work with i listened to every word johnny said and brie gave me tips scotty i can tell you i had one of the greatest times everybody i don't care how old you are i suggest you checking out moto anatomy because it not only gives you an appreciation but it's not just going in there putting your leg down and turning and it's not the same way they do it in motocross right totally different and i really had a good time like I really want to go out again. Like, I really want to go out several times. Yeah, I think, you know, you coming in with no dirt experience, no bad habits from, you know, already starting a flat track career, no bad habits bringing over from motocross uh, was good. And Bree said that you're one of the most improved students in in a one-day you know, class. So that's got to feel pretty good. Well, it was really bad when I started. Well, that's you got to start somewhere. It was. and But the truth is, I get it. And I'm not saying I get it on the levels of, of you know the Mises and the Baumans or Daniels or something like that. I get it, the guys that are racing in hooligan classes. I get it, the guys that are racing in the Astro Invitationals. I get it why some of these guys, it costs them to race every weekend, but they want to get out there battered and beat and race. Like, I get it. Because, first of all, you know this better than I do. In the paddock area, it's a community, mm-hmm. and and there is something. There is just something about it that I that I really like, and I'm intrigued about. And yes, I was not the most knowledgeable person at all in American Flat Track when I came there, but I am taking it in. I'm learning as much as I can. And if it wasn't my job, and I had the opportunity to do it, I would still do it because I love the sport, and I more and more. I'm enjoying myself because I'm I'm getting more intertwined with everybody, and you do such a good job. Inter, inter, so does Kristen. Both of you introduce me to everybody that you can, you know. And and there's guys, you know. I I walk by Sam, and he's like, "Hey, we all have a nickname for you. Your new nickname is Stick because I carry that st- or Ricky Sticks because I carry that stupid mic stand with me all the time." So, you know, people are starting to learn that they can give me a, a bit of a hard time. Which is what always happened in NASCAR, and I always and I always like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I'm not the guy that's ever intimidated anybody. I'm always the guy like, oh, we can always give him a hard time, but it's it's just really fun, and I appreciate it. And uh, I love the sport. I've got the best seat in the house. I am at every single race, and even if the riders all hated me. They all want to talk to me at the end of the night. That's right. I loved it when you said that to Sammy, too. And he, he came and found you at the end of the night on the podium. So <laughs> one more thing about the, the, the ride school. Do you have now a, a better appreciation for what our riders are doing on the track? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a different style. It's not putting your leg forward and kicking it around. It 
It is. It is like you said, poetry in motion. There is a whole art to kicking it around the slide. And, and I've always, I mean, God, I remember what happened. I remember seeing Dalton Gauthier's leg the mm-hmm. other day, which was disgusting. It mm-hmm. just flipped back like rubber and seeing these guys and like, I don't want to be on a big track. I, if I take 10 more schools, I don't want to, because I see, you know, when they are coming out of turn four and the whole bike starts shaking and, the, and, and, and they start wobbling so much. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. I see it when they put their leg in a hole or, or, or foot in a hole. And I don't want to be that guy, but I sure would like to ride around a couple of tracks and, and just have fun. But it does give me a total of, I've, I've, I can't say it's given me a new appreciation for these guys. It gives me an appreciation for the style now. Now I look and I see, oh yeah, that left arm is straight. The elbow is up on the right arm. Because watching that sport... I mean, I'm sure it's a good, it looks good on TV, but if you people have never been to a race and you see these guys going into the turns, elbow to elbow, and just pulling right up against somebody's back tire, it's 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 gnarly. It's terrifying. It sure you know? is. It really is. What what's been your favorite moment so far in 2020? Just for you as Ricky Rackman, not not necessarily for Briar winning so many races or something like that. But no, it would you. never be for Briar even though I like Briar, it wouldn't be for Briar winning so many. I don't want these guys to win so many races. Um I do remember the Volusia race because that was so exciting. And I think what I remember about the Volusia race that I think was so exciting is that Shayna was in the back and she really worked her way up. I think she finished on the podium. Yeah. She finished second that day, yep. but she worked her way in the back and it was pretty hardcore. I really enjoyed watching Morgan Misher uh, go up against um, Dallas Daniels. And the other thing that I can say that I was part of, which I'm very proud of, I was up there for uh, Rispoli's first win and second and third. <laughs> and I like him. I like his attitude. And that's what this sport needs. That's what all sports need. And I liked it. Yes. Do I want somebody to win other than respond? Yeah. I'd like Corey. I'd like Corey to win a whole bunch of races. I'd like a bunch of guys to win a whole bunch of races. That's not saying I do like Corey. Corey is the only rider that I knew before I came to American flat track. But, um, I liked that I was there the first time he won, you know, after finishing second so many times and not winning and then just going back to back to back, you know, that was a really cool moment for me i really liked it so at the very start we start talking about where you know where you got uh, you know where you where you came from where you grew up and i guess i i knew you as the the headbangers ball vj video jockey is what they call them vjs is that it was that considered your big break was getting on that show or or did you were you famous before that i mean do you consider yourself famous first no no, I do. So was that your, was that your, big you got to get out more Scotty. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a room with a couple of dogs and a parrot. I mean, come on now. So, but what, not fam- even were, editing out the barks. Were you famous before that you no, did Headbangers what, Ball? What I, I started, I had a club called the cat house, okay. which was a, uh, it was a very famous rock and roll club. It was, and I don't brag about a lot of stuff I do. I actually talked down a about most of the stuff I do with the exception of the cat house, the cat house in the eighties was the greatest rock and roll club in the world. The greatest bands played at my club when they were little, they played at my club and they were big. They played at my club. 
Guns N' Roses was our house band. You know, I had Alice Cooper on Halloween. I opened it with the singer Faster Pussycat. We had Motorhead play a whole bunch of times. Suicidal Tendencies. I could go on and on and on with every single band that was great. And what made the club famous wasn't the bands that played there. It was the debauchery and decadence and nasty stuff that happened at that club. And I have a podcast that tells those stories called the Cat House Hollywood Podcast. Please listen to it. But that started to get me a little bit of notoriety. And then Axl Rose was the one that suggested me to apply for the job at MTV. And he said, yeah, want me to hook up an audition? I'm like, yeah. So then my audition came up and Axel's like, you want me to go with you to New York? Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I remember I, that he went down to business class and I flew business class for the first time in my life. And then he got us a hotel and, and you know, it helped. And I was terrible. I, I think my first day at MTV, first month at MTV was not too different than my first day with American Flat Track. You know, I, I, I was ready to quit. And it wasn't because of what anybody else did. It was because I just thought like, I'm not doing a good job at this. I'm not, I don't want to look bad. I don't want the fans to say like, who the hell is this guy? Which they still might say, but that's okay. And I didn't want to embarrass myself. So I was ready to quit and it was my own fault. But anyways, when I started Headbangers Ball, but after a while, you know, I'm the, and I didn't want to be this, but I'm like the voice of hard rock, heavy metal. I'm the host of Headbangers Ball for five years. And then it led to a whole bunch of other TV shows that I did and still involved in rock and roll. But the flat track thing, um, I tried, I auditioned a couple years ago to do play by play for Fox. It would have been Fox or would it have been for NBC? Probably it NBC probably was too. NBC. Yeah. I auditioned to be, to do what you do for TV. And I knew from the very get-go, I'm not good at this. And I'm very lucky that Ralph Shaheen has been a very, very good friend for many, many years. He's been to the house. Um, he's a good guy. And I called up Ralph Shaheen, who does Supercross and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I said, Ralph, they want me to audition for play-by-play. -play. Can you give me any pointers or something? And he, he told me some stuff. And I went there, and I went to the studio, and I did it, and I was terrible. And halfway through doing it, I mean, for one, it didn't help that, you know, that the Briar and Jared are wearing the exact same jackets, you know, right. and they're, and everybody's wearing the same Indian stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it made it tough and I wasn't good at it. And I went home and I said, I'm not getting this gig. I'm not. And if they do get this gig, yeah, I got a lot of work to do. I knew I wasn't going to get the gig and I didn't get the gig, which was deserved. And then I get a phone call and he's like, hey, Ricky, it's Rob Shaheen. Look, I don't want you to think that I'm doing something on your back, but they offered me the job. And I'm like, R I think I even said in the audition, right. guys, you need Ralph Shaheen because I didn't know Scotty Dubler. I said, you need Ralph Shaheen, you know, because he's great at that. What you do, I could never do. I could never do it. I don't have that much knowledge. I don't want to talk that long. I'd, my, I'd be rambling all over the place. And I don't even want to learn to try to do it. If they offered, say, hey, we're going to put you in a school. I don't want to do it, especially because you're so damn good at it. Well, you know, it. there's things that we do differently. Absolutely. And that's the thing. That, that's good, though. I agree. And that's what I really like. You know, I've worked on different TV shows and different things where there's been other hosts. And there was always a little kind of competition with you and with Kristen. That is not the case at all nope. and i know that you have gone out of your way and so has Kristen to make me look good because if we look good we all look As good and we would all do whatever it takes 
to help each other. And, um, you know, now I'm getting in trouble because I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable and I'm goofing around and I'm talking to the crowd and I'm doing all sorts of silly stuff, but that's what I do. Right. And, um, it's, it's just, I don't even know what the, I think the question was what I did before, but you know, it, it was, it was different, but yeah, I, I guess it was MTV that first brought me out there that still, I get recognized by older people that used to watch the headbangers ball, but there's a lot of new hard rock metal bands that are using me and I'm doing a lot of stuff with a band called orange now. So, and you've been with NASCAR for 17 years. I've had a syndicated radio show called racing rocks, which I'm now including flat track segments in. Right. You actually called me yeah. in, uh, not too long ago. Yeah. So it's been about 15 years, I think. And, you know, I worked for NASCAR.com, I was on Speed Channel, and I was doing NASCAR stuff. But it's okay because, you know, I can listen to every single driver in NASCAR's voice and tell you what driver it is. Wow. Just purely by the voice. And their accent. And yeah. But, yeah. Don't have a lot of accents. Maybe just because I live in the South now, I don't notice accents. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but, um, you know, but Flat Track was new. But it wasn't like if somebody called me and said, hey, Ricky, we want you to do a baseball show. I'd say, I'm not going to do it. If they said we want you to do, even though I love football, you know, I wouldn't do a football show. I wouldn't do, uh, I did once host a boxing show that I was actually a producer, but I like boxing. But the flat track thing, you know, to some people it might look like, oh my God, they're bringing in this old MTV guy. They think that's going to help. I'm there because I really want to do it and I'm really enjoying it. And I truly love the sport and I believe this sport deserves to be huge, like really big. I mean, flat track racing is one of the oldest forms of motorsports. I mean, even Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the first race they did it. Do you know what the first race they did at Indianapolis Motor Speedway was? Um, probably in the 50s. No, what it was. Oh, no, it was oh. 1900s. Oh, I, no, I don't the know. The first race they ever did at Indianapolis Motor Speedway was balloon racing. Really? Balloon racing, hot air balloon racing. Did you win? No, I wasn't there. Oh, you said it was a long time ago. I said in the 1900s. Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> so Remember, this is my studio. No, no that means I and, have to and, buy Waffle House and then, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then they had motorcycle racing. Okay. So motorcycle racing's got a long history with board track racing and stuff like that. Same with Daytona. We, you know, we race bikes on the beach just like they race cars on the beach before they built Daytona International Speedway. So it, it goes hand in hand. You know, some, sometimes we're at the premier track, sometimes we're not. Uh, we are getting more, you know, recognized. We're we're at Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend. You know, we've been there, you know, six times before. But this weekend, we're actually hand in hand with NASCAR, which I think we need to do that more. It just sucks right now that the COVID and they're not being able to sell very many seats. I think only 980 each night. So it's going to look like it's a ghost town. So when you're out there talking, you're going to be talking to the bleachers. But know that I'll be listening, and these fans that are listening to the podcast will be listening to you. I'm used to talking to small crowds. I was in a well, band. That well, I was we're, being, yeah. we're talking to talent. Yeah, this is the here. loudest. This is the <laughs> loudest place. You've done shows at races that aren't as loud as it is with my dog in here. So Dega, you, you kind of skipped over. You you did something for wrestling too. Like you you had uh, Charles Charles Robinson. earlier, and you met him. I worked for, for I worked I worked for World Championship Wrestling. But I was doing a lot of spring break stuff, okay. and it was kind of like they're like, let's get an old BJ to do stuff for wrestling and do some intros. But I wanted to be in storylines. I wanted to be heel. I wanted to be the guy that everybody hates because it's easy to get people to not like me for some reason. So then how did you get the championship belt over here? Because I, I have a big one in my studio, and there's a big WCW Mr. Nitro belt here signed by a bunch of wrestlers. And they were going to do this. They did this contest called Miss Nitro, and the whole 
gimmick was they were going to find the Miss Nitro, which ended up being Stacy Keebler that ended up doing a lot of big stuff. And then they were going to do a Mr. Nitro. And they decided that they didn't want to do the Mr. Nitro contest. And so that belt was there. And I'm just like, hey, can I have a belt? It's my right. last day working. for. And I think somebody, or maybe I took it. I don't know. But I grabbed that belt and I got somebody to sign it. I mean, it's a real belt. A lot of people signed it. Yeah. Like, I, Was it Rey Mysterio on there? Is that? I think Mysterio's on there. Diamond Dallas Page, Chavo Guerrero. Um, I don't know who else. Wow. You've got such a long story. We could probably go on for hours and hours. I think we've, we've kind of brought people attention to who you are, your background, obviously you're passionate about our sport. So And you know what I really like, which what? is really fun. COVID is offering it has has placed some big restrictions on us. We all know that. But I still like to walk around the fan zone. Yeah. And I always go over to say hi to the guys from Rookies of 79 because they're really cool and if you go to the race definitely visit them. Um I like to go say hi to Christina or Christine, yeah, Christina, Christina, over at the AFT booth, mm-hmm. and I like to look at the Royal Enfields, or if there's any Indians or Harleys, or I just like motorcycles. And, and you gotta get some fried food oh, God. while you're Williams Grove. Yeah, there's there's no not a lot of salads at the, at the track, but I get I have people coming up to me and saying, "Oh, you're that guy that only know me from American Flat Track." That's cool, and I like it. Like if I see some old bikers saying, "Hey, man, you're doing a good job up there," right. that's good. And and you know, my hair's only been really long again for just a couple months, and I wanted to cut it, but now everybody's like, "Oh, that long hair guy from Flat Track," and right. I was like, "Oh, now I can't really cut it because I'll just be that old short haired dude." How, how cool was it when we were walking into Atlanta last week in Woodstock, Georgia? Actually, so it's not really technically Atlanta, but we parked out front. We were walk, walking around looking at the and they stopped you they didn't stop me they stopped you and told you how good of a job you've been doing and they could tell you're getting better every week that was right at the royal infield tent it wasn't the royal infield people right. how cool how cool did that make you feel it does because i i mean not patting myself on the back but i've always had people like oh i really like what you do i like what you do oh you do a great job on headbangers ball oh i love your radio show or this and that that's nice i love it but as odd as it sounds when somebody, which I've heard, I must have been really bad the first week, but I've had people say, you know, you've really improved or you weren't so good the first week. I really like what you're doing now. That's more flattering because that's being genuine. If they would have said, hey, if somebody walks by and said, dude, you're doing a great job. I'm like, hey, thank you. That that makes me feel really good. Right. When somebody says, you weren't so great at the starting and now you're really, you know, they like what I'm doing because it is different than what they've seen. Right. It really feels good because they're paying attention and you know, I'm the first one to say I struggled the first week, you know, and I still struggle sometimes. I mean, like I said, calling Henry Wiles the wrong name. If I was a fan of a certain sport and I knew that was his name, by the way, I knew that was his name. I just said the wrong thing. Well, at the same time, last weekend, I made a mistake, but I, you know, when I do the starting lineups, I have to read what is on the printout. I, I'm not supposed to make stuff up. I'm not supposed to pull stuff out of my back pocket. Cole Zabala had his old sponsors on there, and I knew it after I said it, and I was like, crap, I saw the look on his face. I felt horrible, but I made a mistake, and I texted him right afterwards. That's still not the same as calling somebody the wrong well, name. And I, but I, I know what you're saying, though, but you know, I, people make mistakes. We move on, you know, and Henry's going to give you a hard time for it for the rest of your life, that's but okay. That's, that's okay. We live and we, we move on. 
Well, he hasn't had to lately because he hasn't been on the wasn't on the podium. Okay, all right. Time. But I know he'll be so, up there. So. so I know I know you listen to the podcast. So usually when we wrap things up, it's time for Graham's question. And Graham hasn't got to meet you yet. She went to Springfield. She did meet oh, me. Oh, that's right. She did. Oh, that's I must right. have left quite an impression because I did meet Graham. That's right. Maybe even met her twice. You're right. She was at Springfield and she was at Texas. Yes. That's right. She did meet you. Okay. Yes. So I'm her glad question, I left such an impression on her. <laughs> I was just I didn't I wasn't sure that you met her. So that was my fault too. So Graham wants to know. Back in your high school days, did you participate in any sports? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I tried everything. Okay. I was a skater and right. a surfer. Yeah. And that was it. Okay. And when I grew up, there were, I mean, I loved skateboarding. Loved skateboarding. We were those guys that would look if there was, you know, an empty house, we'd look if there was water in the pool. And if right. there was a little bit of water, we'd go, go there and start it. emptying it. Yeah. You know? So that was what I was a skater. And I was a punk rocker in high right school. On. So I was like not one of the good kids. And I think I tried to run cross country because it was a really cute girl that was running cross country. So I tried to run cross country just and like, to, I think I threw her. up after half a mile and, and I said, I it. can't do this yeah. stuff. So no, I'm not still not very good at sports. All right. Well, that's what she wanted. She wanted, that's what I was. That's okay. She wanted to know. Graham asked a question that I haven't been asked. There you go. So, so that's that, good. That's good. So that's now really it's time good. for rapid fire questions. So first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these next few questions, oh. are you ready? Is that the first question? Am I ready? Yep. Yes. Favorite bike you've ever ridden? See, I had a you, 60. You, okay. You, I got I to preface this. You you ride an Indy now, but you have a Harley Davidson tattoo. So that being said, is it something different than that? I had I had an emotional tie to my 67 pan shovel, which got stolen. I really like the Indian Chieftain that I like right now. I once rode a Honda 750, CB750 chopper made by Dwayne Ballard that I fell in love with that I'll still have one day. But I really like I like baggers because I like to ride yeah. far and I really like my Indian. Well, you've shown me some of the pictures of the bikes you've had. That chopper was awesome. Also, you <sighs> showed me your street tracker. That thing was really cool. Oh yeah, I made a street track. Oh yeah. Yeah. Another thing, I've always been intrigued by flat track right. racing. So about ten years ago, I tried to make a street track rider, a Triumph Thruxton, and um, it looked good. It looked good. Yeah. But oh well. So we've only had. We we haven't we still have four races left. Right. Do you have a favorite track? And it could be from before. It doesn't have to be from this season. Do you have a favorite track that you've been to? We always went to Pomona and always had a good time because that's what we did. Right. That was it. If you were a biker, we'd all go to Pomona. So I always had a good time at Pomona. At first, I didn't like Volusia, but I thought the racing was so good at Volusia. I really, I mean, even though Atlanta at Dixie Speedway, there was a dump in the background. I thought the racing was really exciting there. Um, Does, I don't know. Do these flat track races, are they more, I mean, I'm not saying it's not exciting as NASCAR, but like you've worked at a couple different NASCAR tracks. I I've mean, been to every single NASCAR track correct. several times except for Kentucky. Okay, so throwing that out there, I mean, I'm just throwing favorite racetrack of all time. It doesn't matter. I mean, could be motorcycles, could be cars. Could be sprint cars. I've always had fun at Richmond, and I've okay. always and I've worked for Dover for a long time. And there is no feeling like going to Daytona for the Daytona 500 when those cars come out of turn four for the first time of the season. Right, right. That has always been exciting to me. Okay. Um, I like going to those race tracks. Um, I've always wanted to see the Monaco Grand Prix. Right. I've never been to Monaco, obviously. Yeah. As far as the tracks that we've been to, I don't know yet because okay. it's also different because of COVID. Right. Go you know. Yep. So who's your favorite rocker of all time? I know when your phone goes off, it could be somebody from Guns N' Roses. Is, the other day is somebody from Pastor, Faster Pussycat. Who's your favorite rocker of all time? It would either be Lemmy from Motorhead or Alice Cooper. Okay. Because they're both 
good, good people. Lemmy was a good, good guy, and Alice Cooper is just great. So you've been famous for a long time. We've already discovered that. So what's, what's a favorite thing that you've ever heard from a fan? Favorite thing that I've ever... You know what's so bad? I'm one of those people that screwed up that like if somebody says something nice, it's nice. But when somebody says something mean, it sticks with me forever. Right. Um, I've, I've, I've had people that, that had kids that were named after me really? spelling them exactly the way that I That's spell cool. my name. That was really flattering. Uh, a hamster that was named after me. There was a girl that had a Ricky Rackman tattoo. A little concerned. Um, <laughs> so was her boyfriend. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had some weird, weird things happen. I think it, it really made me feel good when these guys came up and said, you know, when you started, you weren't that good, but I'm starting to like you and you're getting better. I mean, they didn't say you're great. They said you're getting better. And that makes me feel really good because I do want to do a good job. And I know no matter what I do, there's going to be people that hate me because there's people that love to hate. Right on. And, and I could care less about those people. But if people acknowledge that I'm getting better at this, you know, that's really flattering that's because awesome. I want to do a good job. I want to be entertaining. I'll, I want to be entertaining and informative in that order. Tal Degg is about ready to go do something. I think he's, he's about done he can playing in here. He can sit so, and wait. I'm on Scotty's show right who's, now. Who's your, like, if you're going on a bike ride, you plug in your music. You say you don't plug in music, so let's. That was probably. Well, I rode. I rode to the Atlanta race. Okay. I rode back and forth by myself, so yeah. I did listen to music then. Yeah. Come here, Dada. Right. Who Who do you have to play first? Do you have, You pick somebody. Or do you just let your. If it's early in the stuff? morning. Yes. Okay. I'm a metal punk rock guy. Correct. I listen to heavy music. Okay. If it's early in the morning. Yep. The first song is the Who ran over me. That's my early morning right. song. Dada, relax. My dog is going crazy. <laughs> He's excited. That that's that's. The first song that I play in the morning. I don't listen to any other Who songs. I like Shooter Jennings when I ride a lot. Okay. I don't listen to a lot of heavy stuff when I ride. What is wrong with you? Dega. <laughs> come here. Come here. My dog is staring at me as if I was dressed up as a big piece of steak. We'll, we'll wrap this up then. Uh, we, we borrowed this from Dave Despain. Have you ever met Dave Despain? Um, he said something mean about me once. I did a, really? I did a, I did a celebrity race. Yep. When I didn't even really know how to, sh- oh my God, listen to this. <laughs> so they did this like celebrity dirt bike race, okay. right? It really wasn't like a dirt bike race. It was just at this track. And so the guy that put it on, my friend Shane Trittler, he put it on and he's like, hey, can you get any celebrities? So I asked uh, Gilby from Guns N' Roses. He had just gotten the gig from Guns N' Roses. Okay. He tried it, first practice, broke his arm. Oh, his man. wife was going to kill me. Right. And they interviewed me, even though they had like, uh, Matt LeBlanc, right? Mark Paul Gossler, and yeah. they interviewed me and Dave. Des- and they interviewed me and Dave Despain said, and "Who are these people anyway? Like, wow. like he didn't know who the hell I was." So, okay, Dave Despain. All right. So, I'm still using this question. That's Dave okay. Despain. He's great. I watched He's Dave amazing. Despain. Was it Moto World? Yep, yep. I watched Moto World all the time yeah, with Dave Despain. That's the only Despain. thing we got. In, you know, that's Dave, the only that got show was great. So he always asks, "What are you most proud of?" I'm most proud of of. Um, the legacy that my nightclub, the Cat House, had. And I'm also very proud that I've been sober 33 years. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Yeah. So I think I'm most proud of that. I'm most proud of that at this age, I really haven't grown up. But I'm most proud of my nightclub, the Cat House, that that even though it's been closed for decades, people still talk about it. Talk about the podcast. You have two podcasts. Yes. How can they follow you? What, What are they called? One is the Cat House Hollywood podcast. If you want to hear crazy true stories 
from the people that were there of the 80s rock era, and it could be David Bowie, Axel, anybody, check out the Cat House Hollywood podcast. The other podcast I have is the Triple R, and that's just me hanging out with anybody. It was Burt Reynolds, it was the pop star Tiffany, Charles Robinson, WWE referee, and I just hang out and have conversations and talk about whatever. Right on. And before we let you go, you want to say thanks to everybody. I know Law Tigers has been supporting you on Ricky's Ride Law for Tigers a long time. Has, Law Tigers has been, oh, I get thanks sponsors. Law Tigers has been very supportive. Ari's a good dude. They, I couldn't do Ricky's ride without them. I appreciate Law Tigers, Hot Leathers, Simpson Motorcycle Helmets. Um, I got some heated gear from Gerbing I'm excited to try. And, of course, I love my Indian motorcycles. Indian's been very, very good to me. Still haven't ridden an FTR. Me neither. You haven't? I've sat on one. They're cool. They're three. so damn. The thing is, one. like, A, I don't need to put myself in debt by getting one. <laughs> and, B... I don't need to put myself in the hospital by getting one. Like, I'm really glad that that the bikes that we had for the flat track school were like not really fast. They were just as fast that I needed. But I'd sure love to build a a Royal Enfield flat track bike. You know, it'd be so much fun. But yeah. Ricky, thanks for having me in your studio here in at the my Cat House studio, South Studios in which would, City, USA. Which would be the greatest sounding show if if it wasn't for barking dogs and jangling of collars. And a dog staring at me as if I was a piece of meat. I think I heard the the, the bird a couple the of parrot times. Your too. cell phone was going off in the living yeah. room. You're so popular. Hey, man. It's uh, my parrot I, calling me. I've had a great season. We still have four races to go. I can't wait. Two races at Charlotte, two races at Daytona. Daytona's going to be, I'll tell you this about Daytona. It's crazy. The one thing I can predict about the Daytona race is it's very unpredictable. You should look at the Daytona race as the final two races the same way a NASCAR fan would look at Talladega. We don't know what's going to happen. With the track the way it is, we could have a... It could be... We could have a new winner. We have a first-time winner. You don't know. You don't know. It's going to be exciting. I mean, to get a first-time winner to win the last race of the season, he has all those many months to still bask in the glory of that. And I'll tell you, right now, do not count Jared Meese out for a championship. Right. 12 points behind. Dallas, yeah, I think you're pretty, he's pretty much going to clinch it in yeah. Charlotte. Yep. But I think Jared's going to make a good run for it against Breyer. And uh, I don't know what the odds are. I'd like Corey, yeah. but I think we're spoiling. I think uh, Jared Meese hates losing more than he likes winning, if that makes any sense. He does not like getting beat, and he does not like not having that number one plate. His license plate says Meese won. Oh, yeah, for a reason. But Breyer enjoys good racing. Yep. The happiest I ever saw Breyer <laughs> was Atlanta. Was when he finished second, <laughs> and he was running around, and he was talking to everybody, and he was like, dude, that was the most, like, he was, and I'm looking at this guy, and that's class act. Right. You know? I don't know if I would be that grateful. I, I wouldn't. There's no way. I would I would not be happy getting second. I would be happy if my brother got third, though. It was cool to have his yeah, brother on the podium. Yeah, the and, 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 and to and see was, ha- Bronson was freaking. Yes. He was screaming down the front stretch. I mean, literally like, ah! Yeah. He was so happy. And then Breyer, I remember him talking to Jared and like, that was the best race. That was so much fun. I'm like. Are you trying to get in his in Jared's head, head or something? Yeah. Because Briar finished second, which right. is rare, and he had so much fun. That was really I've been up there for some really cool moments. I've been up there when I saw Max Whale won my first day. When I saw, you know, Rispoli on this mm-hmm. get his first win, second, third, fourth, blah, 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 and just keep on winning. Yep. You know, those were were great 
days. I mean, you know, if, if, if Dallas Daniels entered that first race, made it, it would have already had the championship oh, clinched. Up. He missed the first night main event. How? And now he's 70 points. Mental, in the mental. I think well, it was I, mental. I think it was all the pressure because everybody's expecting him to dominate like he But is. do you think people expected him to be? I think he did. I think he sits there and says, oh, what's your goal? Um, championships beat Ricky Graham's record. I think those are what he puts at his goals. He, he told me when he was 14, he wanted to beat all of Scotty Parker's. Not just Ricky Graham, Scotty Parker's nine-time champ, 94 Grand National wins. He wants to beat all those records. And if, if, if he keeps going like he is, when he gets on a twin, look out. We know we're around greatness. Oh, yeah. We know we're around a superstar in, in American flat track. You know that with Dallas. Yeah, and maybe missing that first main event was a little bit of a reality check, and then it's game on from there on. Yeah, but if he was cocky during that first race, yeah. chances are winning five in a row is going yeah. yeah. to make him more humble. Exactly. Well, thanks a lot, Ricky. We better let Talladega outside. and uh, His name's Dega, not Talladega. He's short for Talladega. Just Dega. Yeah, but I don't call him Talladega. Well, that's his formal name. I'm, I'm a visitor in his house. I don't call you... What is... Scotty's in short isn't short for anything. Scotty's actually long for Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not like Scottathan. I don't call you Scotland. Scottathan. Scotland. Scotland. I don't there call you, you Scotland. You Scotland. All right, we better go let Dega out. We'll see you guys at the track. Later. Ricky Rackman. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, so many people know who this guy is. Um, but don't understand his ties to racing and, and motorcycles. So it's super cool to hear a little bit more of the backstory, um, get to know Ricky a little bit more, and uh, hopefully this guy sticks around for a while because he does seem pretty passionate about the sport. And he's getting better and better every week. And, you know, you've been there. They throw time to the wolf. They don't really teach you or tell you what exactly they want. So he goes out there, and he's trying to – he's got some connection with some riders like – uh, Sammy Howard was kind of busting his chops a little bit, and then Jared Meese was busting last weekend when the, after Meese hit the wall. And uh, so I think it's going to be exciting this weekend when we get him on camera in front of Jared Meese. I think he's going to rib him back. So you know, I think I think when 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 the pit area starts giving you a hard time, like during the opening ceremonies, I think they've kind of accepted you. And so I think he's like fitting in really nicely. It's absolutely trial by fire. You know, is as warm and as welcoming as the flat track community uh, can be. Uh, they will vet you, right? Like uh, they'll make sure that, that you're there for the right reasons, and uh, that you, that you want to uh, really help help everything move forward. And and I think Ricky is uh, doing that, and, and has proven that this season. So, um, super cool to get to get to know him a little bit more and uh, hear his backstory. Some right? Absolutely, it was cool, and I'm I'm glad he invited me up to, to hang out with him for a little while. I've got to know him even more uh, than at you know each weekend at each round of the racing. So it's been really a lot of fun, and, and I just appreciate Ricky for opening his doors to me and, and also for him coming on our podcast it was great awesome man well uh charlotte's ahead this weekend um then daytona finale next weekend man it's almost over uh enjoy the weekend up there in the queen city you have fun out there in california and uh, be safe and everyone else keep it on uh, keep it on four wheels keep it on two wheels if you're out there riding and uh, we'll talk to you guys next friday peace
Yeah, man. Sounds good to me. Hopefully you're recording it. <laughs> I didn't even ask you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. We're good.